0: is what I seek to uncover. So join me in discovering the variety of things being created as Bitcoin rubs up against other systems. I'm late today. It is 11.37 a.m. Central Daylight Time. It is August the 5th, 2019, and yes, it's a Monday. And no, I'm not going to talk about any of the bullshit over the weekend, so let's just get that cleared up right now. It's not going to do anybody any good, and all the discussions going on about it are not really doing anybody any good, so I'm not going to talk about it at all, okay? What I do want to talk about is... My adventures with Fold, with the Fold app, that is. Uh, You can go to foldapp.com, f-o-l-d-a-p-p.com, and kind of check it out yourself. But I'm going to kind of give you a rundown of of what happened over the weekend uh, because I decided to make my first foray, excuse me, into the Fold world, Fold app world, to see exactly what the hell was going on. And I got to say, I'm 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 left, and this is probably just my own damn fault. I'm only a bit confused as to the outcome, but I'm pretty sure that. And and I haven't uh, gone to the fold app, guys, to to ask the questions yet. I'm going to go ahead and put the the a couple of questions out there uh, as I go through this. Uh, I'm not upset at all. i I think it's just I'm missing something that's simple. I mean, you know, I, I'm probably going to end up embarrassing the hell out of myself. But whatever, you know, it's you know, it's one of those things where it's like if you can be the person that asks the stupid questions and take on the mantle of being stupid and not understanding stuff for others, then you know that I think that that's kind of doing the world a service, so let me be stupid for you, okay, so here we go the uh i I got fold uh my fold uh l- linked to my Twitter account within ten seconds went to fold, log in, log in with Twitter, probably not the word you know probably not the best opsec, but I'm like hey i'm 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 testing it, you know if i if I continue to do this a lot. I may just get a different one and not link it to anything and uh, you know, see how that goes. But for right now, it is linked to my NunyaBidness Twitter account, which is at B-E-N-N-D-7-7 seven, seven, if you want to follow me. Um, okay, so that was way simple, way simple. So um, I, I go, okay, what can I do with this stuff? And I can buy a gift card. I can buy a gift card at several different places, and they are getting you know, their looks like it looks like they're kind of uh doing business development at a pace that you know maybe the tri lolly is is doing although it's hard to catch up with the with the lolly guys i mean come on um but now these guys are adding more merchants and one of the merchants that they have is target okay so what I can do is i can i can buy with bitcoin a target card through the fold app so here's what I did i purposely Decided to burn fifty bucks fiat, and I went to my Cash App, uh, stacked some sats, fifty bucks worth, and I think it ended up being—I can't remember exactly how many. Uh, I, I'm not even going to go into it. I, I can't remember how many it was at the time, because as as you all know, the price has changed. Anyway, so I burned fifty bucks in fiat, converted it into actual real money, and then uh, so now it's sitting on my, you know, in in Cash App, and since I can send to any address uh, that I wanted, that I want to, I decided to send it to, well, clearly my fold app address. Uh, and, and I did not use lightning because cash app does not have lightning enabled yet. Fold does be aware fold is lightning enabled. But because I couldn't get it out of my cash app it, through lightning, I had to basically do a, a chain settlement. And oh my God, the 15 or the the 5 cents or 10 cents that it cost me to do it and have it confirmed in the next block, oh, it was so brutal. The oh, the, the the dime that I lost out of that. I mean, come on, guys, let's, let's be real. It's not that freaking expensive. So the uh, 50 bucks went from my cash app to my Fold app. And from there... I bought a $50 uh, Target card and me and the fam went up to, you know, went, went to the city, went to the the big city and went over to to the uh, Target where I bought, we'll see what did I, I got the receipt here. I bought beer, <laughs> wine and a couple of uh, swimming goggles for my kids while we were there and some kitchen shears because I did a, a spatchcocked chicken, which if I don't, if, if I remember, I'll try to take y'all through that because it's re, it was really good. And my entire bill was like $81 and 82 cents. So the first thing I did is bring up my, my phone that had, uh, the, the fold website open and I was logged in. And when I tapped the target card, a, the, you know, it's like a, QR, it's not really a QR code, it's like a barcode or something that you can scan. And I was at the register and I go, well, can you scan this? And he's like, I sure can. He didn't even have to look at what it was, he just saw the, he saw the, the graphic and understood, Oh, this is a, a, he's got a target gift card. Didn't have to explain to him about fold. Didn't have to explain to him about Bitcoin. I didn't have to do nothing. He just scanned it and boom, 50 bucks is like immediately, you know, taken off my bill and I'm left with thirty one eighty two, which I paid with another fiat card. So it was, it was painless. Oh my God. It was so painless. I, it, it, it was awesome. It was an amazing it was kind of an amazing experience. Yes, did I lose the Bitcoin? Yeah, I know, I know, I know. And since then, well, let's not get into the sadness of ever selling Satoshi's, but you know, sometimes it's got to happen, especially when it's for science. okay. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna cry about it. Um, now here's where I'm at. Uh, I am at the, my foldapp.com account and I'm looking at it. And my card is spent. Okay, so I'm looking at there's a there's a my cards thing. It still shows that I have a fifty dollar Target card. So this is my this becomes my first question. Will the Fold app guys uh, do something in the user interface which allows you to understand that this card is no longer valid? I mean, I I have the option to archive it, uh, but I I you know that in either event it. it I was kind of hoping that, like, all instead of like the the graphic being you know black on white, that maybe it would turn red, or uh, like a bar, you know, a red bar going through the the, uh, the the scan code type thing to kind of denote visually that yeah you've you've you burned the fifty bucks that's on this card. Okay, so that's like kind of question number one. My other questions are. The I'm looking at I'm looking at essentially I'm looking at my account and it shows me my card, and then at the very top, it's <clears throat> it says fold kickbacks and it says forty six thousand two hundred and forty eight satoshis. Okay, are those mine? I it it's the like I said I. <sighs> I will take the stupid questions for everybody. Because if I have them, at least one other person in the world has them, and I might as well take all the stupid onto myself. I, I don't mind, really, I don't. Okay, so is that in my wallet? Now, one thing that I do know is that they're that on their the on their app, they're saying that you can't withdraw yet. And that that is coming, okay? So I'm going to assume that I have 46,246 Satoshis. Now, here's the other problem. That's, that's under the line fold kickbacks. There's a second line right underneath that that says Bitcoin. And on the, uh, the amount of Bitcoin that I have is minus 727 Satoshis. Okay, so I'm a little confused. I, I, I am a little confused on that. So if I go... And I look at my account. I'm doing that right now. I'm going to go to withdraw funds. And like I said, I'm going to read this to you. Um, Rewards may not be withdrawn at this time, but you can use them on your purchases. Expect an update soon that lets you withdraw rewards to your personal wallet. In the meantime, keep stacking sats. It's always good advice. Refunds and overpayments can be withdrawn at any time. Now, so I'm looking at withdraw Bitcoin. That's the, the disclaimer that's at the bottom of the window. It says withdraw Bitcoin. Right. My amount shows minus minus zero point zero 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 seven two seven or minus 727 SATs. So the question here is, do I have 46,000 SATs or do I have minus 727 SATs? Or is the minus sign just denoting that it's going to be withdrawn so it's going to be debited from my fold app account. All right so those are the questions that I'm left with after this experience. Now those questions aside I I mean if I actually owe fold app 727 SATs then it's not that I'm going to be upset it's like then I need to I definitely need to learn more about this in a more nuanced way and that means that may mean just asking you know having a, a, a discussion with some of the guys at fold if they'll if they'll give me the time um, just because I really do want to understand this stuff um, I think the fold and things like Lolly you're on I mean the the onboarding, the ease of, the ease of which they god I'm not having a good day the ease of which they can onboard using these particular types of things is amazing fold is different than lolly and lolly is different than fold but they kind of represent two pathways so that the masses can get on the train right And I have no problem whatsoever of thinking of Bitcoin as rewards points. I've said this before on another show. If if somebody comes up to you and say, "Oh, how cute! You've got reward points with Bitcoin," that narrative is going to happen no matter what you do. Okay, so the only way to combat that narrative again is to basically say Bitcoin can be anything. Anybody anybody who has an idea, then Bitcoin can almost become that. There's a new meme out there called Bitcoin Solves That. It's not new. It's been around, but it's been resurging. But Bitcoin can become all this. Okay, so there's my adventures with the Fold app. What is next? Oh, oh, to make sure that you guys know, I am going to DM some of the people over at Fold and and ask them these questions. Um, And then maybe get get some answers as to why it is that I so woefully missed something that was right in front of my face. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Let's see what's going on here. Uh, Fluffy Pony, uh, Ricardo, is not happy with BitPay. I wonder why. He says in a in a tweet a couple of days ago, this is amazingly bad, much worse than I actually expected. BitPay's totally made up dream world versus reality. If it wasn't clear enough yet, merchants, you are much better off with Globe at Globecom, which is custodial and hosted, or at BTC Pay Server, non-custodial, self-hosted, or it self-hosted, or anything else. And he's got a, a screenshot. It says it's from BitPay, and it shows payment confirming. <clears throat> it says, this payment was made with a low Bitcoin miner fee, which may prevent it from being accepted by the Bitcoin network. This is an issue with the configuration of your Bitcoin wallet. If the transaction doesn't confirm, the funds will be spendable again in your wallet. Depending on the wallet, this may take 48 to 72 hours. And then the next screenshot says, oh, it's a screenshot from another um, I guess like another, it, it, I'm hoping it's a, a a different wallet that is looking at how much he's paying. And it says that this one is suggesting that he's overpaying the transaction fees by 50%. And he is, he's over there at, he's look, looking at, uh, paying a fee of 60.1 satoshis per V byte. Wow, man, that's so he's saying, like this thing saying that it's overpaying by 50%. And BitPay is saying that it has an extraordinarily low Bitcoin miner fee. Guys, if you're using BitPay, stop. Stop it. They were on, I mean, everything about BitPay is wrong. They've shown their ass to this community more than once, more than twice, probably more than a hundred times by now. Just do yourself a huge favor and go use BTC Pay Server or something, anything like, you know, like Fluffy's saying, man, get the hell out, dude. Okay, that, I'm going to go ahead and end it there for the community stuff, and we're going to get into the morning roundup right now. Right, let's hit the ground running. Uh, This is out of Bitcoin magazine, written by 8BTC, August the 2nd, 2019. Implications for Bitcoin now that 85% of the supply has been mined is the headline here. Oh, this was, okay. uh, Published by 8BTC and written by Alusagun Gundage. I'm so sorry that I destroyed your name. Over 17,850,575 Bitcoin have been mined at the time of writing, meaning that 85% of the top cryptocurrencies expected total supply is already in circulation. Though the next Bitcoin reward having when the coin will reward will decrease from its current 12.5 to 6.25 Bitcoin at every 10-minute block generation time is not expected until May 18th, 2020, uh, approximately 290 days. About 524,425 of the 3.149 million total Bitcoin left to mine will have been mined by then, leaving the space with just five years until 2024 to mine almost 9% of the available 15% of the total supply remaining. Woo, boy, that is a mouthful. It takes time to mine or the time it takes to mine a certain amount of Bitcoin increases exponentially by design. About every four years, the number of Bitcoin generated per block mined gets cut in half. It started in uh, 2009 with 50 BTC per block mined. By 2012, it got cut in half to 25, and now it is 12.5. However, despite the tightening supply, the cryptocurrency's ecosystem seems to be getting bigger, owing to scaling improvements and news of increasing adoption globally. Bitcoin is on the verge of seeing more transactions conducted on its network in 2019 than in any other year in history. According to ShakePay, the Canadian platform that allows users to buy and sell Bitcoin. <clears throat> oh, sorry. God, I ran right over that. I totally blew up. I thought a, a period was a comma. Sorry guys. Uh, Bitcoin is on the verge of seeing more transactions conducted on its network in 2019 than in any other year in history, according to ShakePay, the Canadian platform that allows users to buy and sell Bitcoin. There, there you go. Also, there is an increase in the number of Bitcoin wallets being created daily, about 41 million in total currently, while approximately 4 million Bitcoin is assumed to be lost or unspendable, thus reducing the effective available supply. The network effects of sidechains and anonymous Bitcoin transactions using off-chain payment methods uh, could continue to grow, pushing the acceleration in Bitcoin's chart growth over the next few years. The sidechain and off chain channels will also be handy for making small payments in the event that the Bitcoin price rises significantly, forcing high transaction fees on users. <sighs> Uh, Their promises of faster settlements, confidential transactions, and sophisticated multi sig security will make them a darling of the growing Bitcoin ecosystem. The market is seeking more powerful Bitcoin miners while their manufacturers, such as Bitmain and Canaan, work to increase their production capacity. At the same time, as more mining equipment focuses on the Bitcoin network, the difficulty rate, which currently stands at over... 9T, that's capital T, will rise even faster, thus making the mining process harder. In the coming years, Bitcoin holders may not lose their purchasing power as it is increasingly used as a representation of value. That's an interesting way to put it. Leveraging its finite, decentralized, and secure nature. With regards to Bitcoin's relationship with other cryptocurrencies, there may be a greater shift in the attention of speculators to altcoin as Bitcoin becomes more stable. God, the shitcoinery is just never going to end. Anyway, so that's that that whole 85, other people are weighing in on that 85% uh, capacity has already been mined. So I thought I'd give somebody else's take on that. Okay. We get into we're going to get into a little bit of confusion here. Um, Iran seems to be very confused about about Bitcoin. Uh, this is by Helen Parts writing for Coin Telegraph uh, yesterday. New Iranian law: Government will not recognize crypto-related trade. The Iranian government has instituted a new law that does not accept crypto as legal tender or recognize domestic transactions. Carried out with cryptocurrencies on August the 4th, the cabinet of Iran ratified and released a new bill saying that the government will not recognize any domestic trading activity involving cryptos, Iranian news agency Press TV reports today. Per the report, the new bill says that the government and the banking system will not view digital coins as legal tender and Iran's central bank will not guarantee their value. The new bill follows comments from the deputy governor of Iran's central bank, who in July announced that buying and selling cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin was illegal. Iran had previously authorized cryptocurrency mining in an industrial activity within a specified permitting scheme. In order to mine cryptocurrency in Iran, local miners will have to get approval from Iran's Ministry of Industry, Mine and Trade, as well as to ensure that their mining facilities are located outside a 30 kilometer perimeter of all provincial cities or or provincial centers in the country. The capital, Tehran, in the central city of Isfahan are excluded from the list as they will be practicing stricter regulatory restrictions, Press TV notes. As a part of the new rules, crypto miners will be charged for using energy based on the prices applied for the export of energy from Iran. While mining is now legal in the country, the Deputy President of the Islamic Republic of Iran Customs Administration recently noted that the agency has not issued licenses for importing digital currency mining equipment into the country. On July 31st, Iranian provincial police arrested an individual for smuggling crypto mining equipment worth around $230,000 U.S. The new crypto bill was introduced in Iran in the light of increased popularity of cryptocurrency mining as a method to avoiding international sanctions. So I don't know, man. It's like, it's like they're giving a gift with one hand and slapping people in the face with the other hand. It's just... I'm sure that they'll probably get their collective crap together at one point or another. But until then, you know, expect this kind of confusion to just reign supreme. Um, Let's see. Hold on for just one sec. Sorry about that. Okay. This is out of CoinDesk. This is Wolfie Zow writing uh, this morning sometime. Uh, The total computing power, oh, hold on, let me do the thing. Bitcoin's computing power sets record as over 100,000 new miners go online. Woof. Damn. The total computing power now dedicated to securing the Bitcoin blockchain has set yet another record. According to data from mining services operator BTC.com, the average Bitcoin mining hash rate over the last two weeks has reached 71.43% quintillion hashes per second that's exahashes per second that's like 71.43 exahashes per second up from 64.49 exahashes on July 23rd the threshold was breached as bitcoin adjusted its mining difficulty at block height 586,672 on Monday 252 utc that is a 9 point or a 6.94 exahash per second or 10.78% jump since mid-July. Bitcoin mining difficulty is a measure of how hard it is to compete for mining rewards on Bitcoin, just how how difficult the Bitcoin software makes it to generate new blocks at just every 2016 blocks, approximately every 14 days, to ensure that block production time remains about 10 minutes at the next cycle. Assume this additional 6.9 exahashes per second compute power has all come from powerful ASIC miners such as Bitmain's Antminer S17 or MicroBT's Whatsminer M20S both of which boast a mining rate of around 55 terahashes per second and recently hit the market. That means that <clears throat> that means more than 100,000 top-of-line ASIC miners could have been switched on within the past 2 weeks. Further, given these products have been sold for at least $2,000 each, this equates to some $200 million U.S. in revenue pocketed for major, minor makers. The continued interest in Bitcoin mining comes at a time when the cryptocurrency's price appears to be en route to challenging all-time highs. Let's not get ahead of ourselves, guys. However, distantly... And amid the arrival of the rainy season in China, which leads to cheaper hydropower electricity costs in the country's southwest provinces, a region that is reported to account for 50% of the global mining activity, miners in China estimated earlier this year that Bitcoin's hash rate in the summer would break the levels of 70 exahashes per second, to be clear. At several single points of time, Bitcoin's hash rate has already crossed that level in June and even reached 80 exahashes around August the 1st. However, today marks the first time that the 2-week average compute power has been able to remain above the 70 exahash a second threshold. As such, Bitcoin's mining difficulty has set has also set a new record of nearly $10 Admits <laughs> this uptick in, mining, uptick in mining interest, there have been notable changes in the mining market where top manufacturers are racing to produce more powerful equipment. For instance, in Bitmain's 2018 IPO prospectus, the Beijing-based mining giant claimed it had a 70% market dominance. Now it may be facing serious competition from rival players that some believe are capable of shipping more top-of-line products with better profitability. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that. That is the fact. That's been sort of. Bitmain has been having some serious problems for the last two years and they really fell on their ass last year. So, but screw them. They were on the wrong side of everything anyway. Michael Zong, a former mining analyst who now operates mining farms at a startup called The Force Mining, told Coindesk that based on his experience, the production capacity ranking among major Chinese miner makers for their flagship projects have changed over the years. Zong explained that from 2017 to 2018, Bitmain had topped the list with its Amp Miner S9 series miners, followed by Kanan's Avalon 8 series machines. In a silicon, Ebang and former Bitmain design directors MicroBT were all in the third position at the time. But from January to June this year, the delivery capacity ranking has reshuffled, and now MicroBT's What's Miner M20 series is at the top, followed by Bitmain's S17 series, and then in a Silicon Canaan and Ebang Zong added. According to F2 Pool's mining Miner Profit Tracker, Bitmain's flagship Antminer se- uh, S17 Pro ranks third in terms of mining profitability, following Bitfury's Tardis <laughs> TARDIS, Doctor Who, nice. And MicroBT's WhatsApp M or WhatsApp Minor M20S. The cost for What's Minor M20S is around $3,000, while that of Amp Minor S17 Pro is around $4,000 each. Wow. Based on the information advertised on the two firms' websites. Although orders for these these flagship machines have queued up until November and December this year, MicroBT's founder uh, Zuzang Yang told Coindesk previously that the bottleneck of production capacity is the availability of chips from suppliers. For example, MicroBT uses 10 nanometer chips for its M20 series, which are relatively more affordable with a higher level of availability compared to the more advanced 7 nanometer chips used by Bitmain for its miner S17 series equipment. While Bitmain has always been relying on chips supplied by Taiwan Semiconductor Manufacturing Company, MicroBT has switched from TSMC to Samsung earlier this year for its flagship products. Both TSMC and Samsung have estimated in their most recent Q2 earnings call that the demand for cryptocurrency mining ships will come back in the third and fourth quarter this year. Nice. So good. I'm I'm glad that there's serious reshuffling in the mining in the mining world, although the uh, uh, the old men that yell at clouds will still take pride in the fact that apparently it's all 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 Bitcoin mining is in China. And that's going to change, too. Um, It just is. It just is. I'm not even worried about it. Let's let's see. Oh, yeah. Speaking of old men yelling at clouds. Peter Schiff. Yay, Peter Schiff. William Suberg over at Cointelegraph Telegraph is writing uh, to this morning that Peter Schiff slams CNBC for giving Bitcoin more airtime than gold. I think William has misspelled "crying like a baby" because he, yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure he misspelled that. That's okay. That that's okay, man. Um, in a tweet, August the 5th, the veteran gold bug and well-known Bitcoin naysayer claimed that current events impacting the Chinese economy did not cause fresh interest in Bitcoin. Quote, the Chinese aren't buying Bitcoin as a safe haven. Speculators are buying, betting that the Chinese will buy it as a safe haven, he wrote. <laughs> as Telegraph reported, BTC uh, slash USD has shot up over the past 24 hours, with many uh, commentators eyeing a fall in the Japanese won as a major catalyst. For Schiff, however, those events simply provided speculative traders with another outlet for squeezing markets and introducing more volatility. He framed his remarks as an attack on CNBC, which he claims spent a disproportionate amount of time on Bitcoin's movements at the expense of assets such as pet rocks. Uh, I mean gold. Quote, CNBC is is trying its best to dupe its audience into buying Bitcoin. Despite gold being a much larger market, CNBC devotes far more airtime to Bitcoin, he tweeted. (laughs) He's crying like a little baby. Oh my God, this is great. I'm sorry. The perspective is curious. Shift just last week appearing in an hour-long dedicated debate on the pros and cons of gold versus Bitcoin. Hosted by Rand Nooner who regularly screws up I mean discusses cryptocurrency on the network the debate with Morgan Creek digital co-founder Anthony Pompliano Pompliano soon became a talking point for his part Pompliano said that Schiff should be 100% certain of bitcoin's lack of value or he would regret lambasting it <clears throat> lambasting instead of investing in it since the debate aired btc usd gained around 15% Leading to predictable responses to his tweet from traders who pointed to gold's comparatively lackluster performance over a period of many years. Quote, yeah, because speculators can push the price of an asset up by 30% in one week, right? End quote. Investor and trader Josh Ragger said, <clears throat> Schiff, in fact, owns at least <clears throat> 0.21 BTC or around $2,400. Which he said he would keep after. Pompliano inadvertently caused around hundred people to send him free coin in a bid to change his mind. <laughs> Peter, oh, you know, it's okay. Uh, gold apparently gold is having a little bit of a rally too today. Of course, with all the crap in the news, you know, how, how kind of, how could it not? It's it's weird out there, folks. It, it's it's getting it's been weird and it's going to get even more weird. All right, let's let's get into this one. I, this is going to be fun. CoinDesk uh, Anna Betakova is writing Meet the ICO Pumper who makes his living manipulating crypto markets. <laughs> How do you get into the business of market manipulation? It's easy if you try. Alex uh oh, sorry, Alexi uh, Andy Runin a 20 year old college student from Moscow became a sensation after he quite openly told Coindesk how his company was helping little known token projects get traction via inflated trading volumes. <laughs> this is, I'm sorry, I forgot. This is written today. He spoke with Coindesk about the business of market manipulation and explained why he believes the current market rules make manipulation inevitable. Quote I'm 20. I got into the crypto business when I was 18. I was studying at the university. There were some problems in my family, let's put it this way, and I needed money. I got an entry-level job at a crypto startup. The main part of my salary was in tokens. I trusted that startup. I knew absolutely nothing about the crypto industry, end quote. At that startup, lost my place. At that startup, Andy Roonan was in charge of listing tokens on exchanges and on CoinMarketCap. He soon realized he was in a tough spot. Quote, CoinMarketCap at the time required the daily volumes as high as $100,000 to list a token. And those exchanges gave us pennies, absolutely nothing like $100, $200, $300. And And that was not so bad as it was right after our ICO. The team realized they needed to fake it until they made it. Andy Runin and his school friend created their first trading bot. Quote, we would create a buy order from one account and sell order from another account. They would meet inside of the spread where the or- where there were not other orders. The bot helped the startup get their token listed on larger exchanges and coin market cap. But Alexei soon realized he and his friend could build their own business. One day, instead of his regular university volleyball training session, Alexei went to a crypto event in Moscow and met his first partner who helped create his company, GoBit. Quote, our product now is providing the full control over the token's market, the volume, the price, the liquidity, and making money on the price movements, he said. The clients were small token projects with an ICO. They wanted to calm their investors and look a bit better on exchanges. In a couple of years, GoBit helped 28 projects look legit. Quote, I think there are about 100 companies minimum that can offer the market-making services. They all advertise as only inside of the community. You can't come across an ad banner. Rather, you would get a message on LinkedIn, on Telegram, if your project has its own chat somewhere else. This is how it usually happens. Andy Roonan is bearish on the market as a whole. He said the industry itself created the market conditions in which the project projects can't get on the serious platforms without artificial volumes. Quote, in the crypto world if a token <clears throat> shitcoin is not on coin market cap that project doesn't exist right without our service or a service like ours or without a real trading volume which well known projects can command you can't get on coin market cap he said It's investors and those who believe in the crypto industry who are losing here because those serious institutional guys are afraid of entering it. But sooner or later, this will all get cleaned up. And personally, I'm for that, for getting it cleaned up and putting this to an end. (laughs) And the end is near. Andy Runan believes that the industry is getting more regulated. ICOs are now over and new clients are hard to find. The answer, GoBits team is exploring other opportunities. However, he said he was happy to tell us about his questionable business in order to share a real story of how the market once was. Quote, people should know the history of what has been going on. When the new rules for regulating the crypto exchanges come in place, people can learn from the shortcomings of now. I think our experience, the experience of our colleagues and clients, it can be a good example of what needs to be done to regulate this industry correctly. (laughs) And they linked to a video where this... Uh, interview took place. Uh, I, I like I said that this is just kind of like a fun one because we all know this crap happens. We know it's been happening for a long time, but somebody just straight up saying, "Hell yeah, I shall shit coins and make them look good," you know, is confirmation that yes, we were in fact correct. Uh, okay, let's see. Coin Telegraph's Adrian Zadmunski is writing. Uh, to, As of this morning, the US SEC's Hester Pierce, certain tokens need a safe harbor. US Securities and Exchange Commission Commissioner Hester Pierce. Expressed interest in building a non-exclusive safe harbor for token offerings, the news was reported by Singaporean blockchain business consulting firm Jenga BCG, published August 5th. Per the document, Peirce made her remarks during the Convergence Forum, held at the Singapore University of Social Sciences and sponsored by the local blockchain business consulting firm Jenga BCG. The conference which has allegedly seen over 500 attendants on July 30th, reportedly included discussions brought on by international regulatory officials and various industry insiders. The author of the release claims that Pierce was among the speakers alongside Su Huite, deputy director of the monetary authority in Singapore. In her speech, Pierce reportedly said that she is interested in building a non-exclusive safe harbor, allowing issuers to offer tokens under an alternative regime With robust requirements to address the cross-border regulation, Pierce stated that the internationalization of markets does not need to lead to the internalization of regulation, noting, quote, Regulators have had to follow the lead of the market and work with their foreign counterparts, absent an explicit decision by citizens of a jurisdiction to cede their regulatory authority to an international organization. A jurisdiction should determine what rules work best for its investors and markets, end quote. Director of the Financial Technology Department at the Bank of Thailand, uh, Mr. Maro Mefi, I'm not even gonna try the first name, reportedly said during the conference that she believes that, or Mrs., sorry, that she believes that blockchain will have a positive effect on the financial system. More precisely, she expects the technology to have positive influence. Quote, in terms of know your customer, security and privacy, and the Bank of Thailand has widely uh, deployed and used blockchain. End quote. As Coin Telegraph reported in June, SEC cha- uh, Chairman Jay Clayton said that the regulator needs to feel comfortable with cryptocurrency custody and ensure no market manipulation can take place before approving a crypto exchange-traded fund. So this is this is a little bit interesting. It's almost it's it it reads almost as if she's kind of making hints that. Because regulation is so whacked, and I mean, when I mean whacked, I mean, you got like how many countries in the world, and they all have their separate regulations. And since the world has, you know, grown much, much smaller by the, you know, being able to communicate as fast as we can with the huge amounts of data that we can, that there's going to need to be some place that you can just kind of park. And, We may be seeing the the, we may be seeing the birth of this parking lot where regulations are sort of as long as you're in this particular harbor, then the regulations are known by all parties and it becomes a little bit easier to navigate. Personally, I I just see shit coinery, but, you know, I always I mean, I I, it's like the kidnap movie. I see dead people. I see shit coiners everywhere. Um, let's see. <laughs> speaking and speaking of, for the last bit of the day, this is uh, Marie Juliet writing for Coin Telegraph this morning. Blockchain delegates to Trump's Peace to Prosperity event sue each other. <laughs> As if we weren't litigious enough, the founders of Orbs, the blockchain startup President Trump invited to his Middle East peace plan conference, have become mired in their own fraternal strife. As Israeli news site Globes reported on August the 4th, Orbs Elrad Arad is suing his co-founders Uriel and Daniel peled for having disposed or dispossessed him of his share in the firm, among other charges. Orbs is an Israeli blockchain infrastructure as a service firm. Oh god. Oh that hurt. Oh, oh, that's like that's like popping your back when you didn't expect it. Orbs is an Israeli blockchain infrastructure as a service firm. <laughs> it makes me cry. That raised over 133 million in an initial coin offering last year and thus ranked among the top 10 ICO projects in terms of capital raised in 2018. This June, President Trump invited a small delegation of six business leaders from Israel to his Middle East peace plan lunch event, Peace to Prosperity in Bahrain. As Orbs press release at the time noted no officials from Israel or Palestine attended, yet Netta Koren Another Orb's co-founder and head of the firm's not-for-profit social impact arm, the HEXA Foundation, was one of the select few to be invited, invited by the administration. As Globes reports, ARID's lawsuit was filed on August the 1st in, in the Tel Aviv District Court following a mediation process that lasted roughly 18 months and ended without consent being reached between the parties the lawsuit accuses his two colleagues of charges that include conspiracy and fraud citing crowns citing grounds that include breach of fiduciary duty deprivation of minority shareholders breach of agreement and obligations plundering of trade secrets and negligence armity plunder The lawsuit also implicates Orbs in a series of related companies in which the Pellet brothers are partners. It is reportedly expected to exceed tens of millions of dollars in claims. Orbs has forcefully countered Arad's claims, arguing they are fundamentally unfounded. And I'll say the plaintiff has become unjustly enriched at the expense of others. This attempt will not succeed. End quote beyond the ironies of such local intra-enterprise discord cryptocurrencies have been discussed by the region's political class in connection with the israeli-palestinian conflict last month palestinian prime minister mohammed Sattah, yeah not going to happen reiterated that his government is considering using cryptocurrency as an israeli to or uh, as an alternative to israel's shekel fiat currency Meanwhile, the militant arm of Hamas, the de facto ruling authority of the Gaza Strip in Palestine, called upon its supporters this January to make donations to the organization in Bitcoin as a strategy to combat financial isolation. The group has since then reportedly been using increasingly complex measures to frustrate authorities' attempts to track the flow of its cryptocurrency trading. Eh. Okay, so getting back to the actual story, the last stuff is just aside, asides there, um watching these people eat each other. I, you know, I probably shouldn't take any joy in it, but I do because they're shit coiners. Okay. They're, they're peddling blockchain. They, they're taking investors money because they, these investors are, it's not that they're stupid. It's, they're not sophisticated. I hate to say this, but they're not sophisticated enough in the space to be able to see what a scam is. and it Which is sad because it's kind of easy to see the scams in the space. If it's not Bitcoin, it's probably shit. And if it's not a company that's servicing Bitcoin, then it's probably shit. You know, it's not all that hard. It's not all that hard. It is not all that hard. But that's it for the morning roundup. Them? I got them. Vital statistics: Bitcoin is at an average of eleven thousand eight hundred and five. Looks like the it looks like the low is going to be over at. Oh, good lord! These are pretty tight. Hit BTC seems to be the lowest at eleven thousand seven hundred forty four. Three hundred thirty one thousand nine hundred forty two bitcoins have been transact or sorry transactions have been made over the last twenty four hours. 13,800 transactions on average per hour with 1.4 million BTC being sent in that 24-hour period. 60,000 BTC have been sent on average per hour with an average transaction value of 4.3 BTC and a median of 0.011 BTC or about 125 bucks, about half of where I like to see it. Why do I like 300? I don't know. Somebody tell me. Ooh, Lord have mercy. Yes, we have very low block times at eight minutes, 50 seconds. And you can probably understand why. That's because with a gain of only 0.39% in the last 24 hours, we are at 77 exahashes per second, which is approaching, if not breaching, all time highs. Uh, one of the news stories I did in the morning roundup said something about 78 uh, exahashes. Ah, it's so close. It doesn't matter. All time high. Whatever. Uh, GitHub's last commit was sometime this morning. Uh, Left to right. Ethereum's at 234. Bcash is at 356. Litecoin is at 100. BSV is at 155. Ethereum Classic is at six and a quarter. Dogecoin is at 0.0031 USD. Let's see. At... well dogecoin transactions over the last twenty four hours are it, it that's beating Litecoin yeah there you go um looks like there's a whole bunch of fake volume on uh uh b s v because they're listing five hundred and seven thousand transactions made over the last twenty four hours and I'm sorry but wash trade or, or, or wash washing transactions between wallets in an automated uh way is not dumb. no 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 not. Not even. Okay, uh, mempool. Mempool is kind of jammed. There's seventeen thousand three hundred unconfirmed transactions waiting to be mined in twelve blocks, Uh, and all the blocks that I see are well over one megabyte. So, there's your vitals. Right, guys today's song is in bloom from nirvana but nirvana's not playing this one we've heard that one a million times instead i'm doing i'm going to play a cover of the tune and this cover was performed by or written and recorded by stir gill simpson i have had no idea who this cat was because i don't listen to country music yes you're about to listen to country music he is somehow or another and and in a very well done way. Okay. It's not tongue in cheek humor or anything like that in an extraordinarily well done way. Mr. Simpson here has taken Nirvana's in bloom and converted it to a pretty freaking killer country song. Um, and that, I, you know, and I, I'm serious. I know if any of my listeners just can't stand country music, I get it. It's okay to fast forward, but if you can stomach it, because you know, some countries good when it's well done. It's just the, it's the pop country that has just been destroying the, the country music industry for years. Okay. There is good country music. It's just very freaking hard to find. Well, this dude does this one well. Uh, and also this is a podcast that's audio only. Okay. There's, there is a video that, or it's, Sturgill Simpson the video he put out of this song you have to see it it is visually it is amazing i have a sneaky suspicion that the same cats that did this video are the same people that are responsible for of of monsters and men some of their some of their videos which are visually stunning this one is absolutely a must see anyway here's Mr Simpson There are kids for food Where the changes move Spring is here Reef Likes to say no and he likes to shoot his gun but You don't know what it means You don't know what it means to love somebody. Trainwrecked is being brought to you by your good friends over at Bitcoin Satoshi's Vision. BitMEX, actually it's being brought to you by BitMEX, but the clown show that is BSV, uh, Jesus, is is responsible. Okay, so BitMEX Research, at BitMEX Research, uh, tweets out two days ago, according to 420 Bitcoin SV peers, the nodes are currently on different chains and at different heights. 65% are at the current tip. 17% are stuck on a large 210 megabyte block. 19% are on the old pre-mined hard fork. God, it just never ends with these people. Let's see what Helen Parts, writing for Cointelegraph, uh, yesterday has to say about this. Uh, Bitcoin SV splits into three chains following 110 megabyte block. Following a recent hard fork of BSV, the network saw a three-chain split after a massive 210-megabyte block was mined. As reported by BitMEX Research on August the 3rd, Bitcoin SV nodes divided into three groups on Saturday, making the network uh, to split into three separate chains. According to the report, 65% were located at the current tip, 17% are on the uh, 210-megabyte block, and 19% had not even upgraded and we're on the old pre chain for God. According to data from Coindance, the two hundred and ten megabyte block was mined on August the third by CoinGeek miner and involved eight hundred and eight thousand six hundred and thirty three transactions. Auto auto sending money to yourself doesn't it doesn't count. BSV, a hard fork of Bitcoin Cash, which is in turn a, a fork of the major cryptocurrency Bitcoin, successfully ran its own scheduled hard fork on July 24th as part of plans to increase its block size from the previously set limit of 128 megabytes up to 2 gigamegs megs, or, or giga, gigabytes. Prior to the three-chain split, Ryan X Charles, a, a BSV supporter, or is you spelled supplicant wrong, guys? God. And CEO of BSV Powered Payment System, Money Button, published a post on the Money Button blog about his issues running a BSV node. Specifically, Charles stated that Money Button went down for three hours because their Bitcoin SV node ran out of memory and crashed during a stress test. He wrote, quote, running a node is expensive. We tried to tell you, Ryan. Our new instance will cost thousands of dollars per month to operate as blocks continue to get larger and we have to upgrade the instance many times. This cost will balloon. Since we do not earn money from transaction fees like miners, it will be too expensive for us to run a node, In quote, or crying or whatever that is. According to tech news outlet Trustnodes, Coindance service is now on the new BSV chain, Well, the older chain will likely be discarded. According to the report, this could mean that miners who got stuck on the old chain may have lost some money as those blocks could now be discarded. The report notes that while the recent split appears to be the first of its kind, gigasized blocks may generate splits with more than three forks. BSV has previously experienced problems due to what some consider an unwieldy blockchain size. In April, the coins blockchain underwent a series of block reorgs, a situation in which two miners discover a block simultaneously in a blockchain, which causes a temporary forking in the network. In general, block reorgs happen when a network is too slow to reproduce blocks efficiently. So expect this kind of bullshit to continue. And if you have BSV, get, get out you know, it's not like we haven't been warning you ever since I since be, be when we figured out that that uh B cash was going to be a thing. We were warning. And then when people were like still holding their B the BCH bags um and then we knew that BSV was going to split because, you know, there's no way that scum like that can hang together without egos getting in their way. So clearly there was going to be a split. I expect another one to to occur at any time, but until while we wait, we can sit back and munch on popcorn and look at the smoldering pile in the corner. I have not read you guys a Marty's bent in a while, and I'm going to change that right now. This is a good one. All I'm, don't get me wrong. I like them. I like them all. But, eh, you know, I just didn't want to read them every single show. But I want to read this one because this is written for Monday, August the 5th, 2019, issue number 541. And I usually, you know, when I was doing them, uh, Marty's Bent before, I was trying to do them like the day, the one that was like, you know, a couple of days back and stuff like that. But the the way the price is going, and this has some things to do with the wider macroeconomic, I just, I thought it would be okay to do this one, you know, today. Uh, Marty says, and we're off. He starts this thing out with a Trump tweet. It says, China dropped the price of their currency to an almost historic low. It's called currency manipulation. Are you listening, Federal Reserve? This is a major violation, which will greatly weaken China over time. And that was written sometime 8-12 this morning, uh, the 5th of August. Marty, Uncle Marty has to say this about it. If you were hoping this week wasn't going to start out with an all with an all out over currency war, you're shit out of luck. As I'm Sure, most of you know by now the Chinese yuan collapsed against the dollar late last night and now sits at a level it hasn't seen in quite some time. Many, including Donald J. Trump, believe this depreciation against the dollar is an overt maneuver in the ongoing trade war between the United States and China as China races to make its exports as cheap as possible. Many have been arguing, myself included, that the world has been in the midst of an ongoing currency war for more than a decade now. When you've basically every central bank around the world printing money and lowering rates almost in lockstep fashion, it's very hard to deny this. The thing with currency wars, though, is that they're supposed to be fought on the metal air. One never balks and admits that they're engaged in economic warfare. The generals of currency warfare simply act, maneuver and posture in certain ways depending on what, quote, the enemy is doing, devaluing their currency for reasons that have to do with some economic target that has been thrown on the wall. The admission that one in actively engaging in a currency war is a huge no, no. There is somewhat of an honor code between warring factions that the fact that they are engaged in this type of war should never be mentioned or sorry, never be overtly mentioned because it can create a very slippery slope that ends in a decay of confidence in the whole monetary system. Did Trump just break this honor code? We're entering some very weird, uncharted territory, freaks. This is Bitcoin's time to shine. Final thought, still not a big pool guy. I like the pool. Anyway, thanks, Marty. <laughs> Terrible Joke Corner isn't really so much of a joke as, I don't know, maybe a horrible joke chinese fortune cookie fortune which are never really fortunes anymore more like little pieces of advice or stupid little sayings and i'm like where's the fortune the fortune i want to see is don't walk outside (laughs) i want to see that fortune in a fortune cookie all right here we go you know you're ugly when you get handed the camera every time they make a group photo yeah, like I, I know, I know it's not a joke. I'm running I'm running out of really terrible jokes, man. I I gotta I I gotta I gotta do what I can, but anyway, so I don't know. Don't don't hate me. Don't hate me for it. All right, let's go ahead and get out of this. Wow. Target one hour podcast just preached. One one hour, one minute, ten seconds. Not bad. Not bad. Okay. Um again, if you are expecting me to make Any statements over the events that occurred on this weekend or any of the ramifications or implications or anything surrounding them on Twitter or otherwise, probably not going to happen. It's not doing anybody any good. I'm seeing, you know, what I will comment on is I am seeing um, several Bitcoiners quote, unquote, Bitcoiners, and I put them inside of quotes now because it's clear that maybe they don't really understand what Bitcoin is or what it's for or why the fuck we're here. Okay? I'm seeing some people say shit about taking somebody's property. Well, so I guess what I will say about that is that if, if you believe in Bitcoin and you believe in the state and its power and you appeal to the latter's authority to fix shit for you, then dump your bags, walk out the door. Because you are not going to like it when Bitcoin really starts pissing these people off. And all the time that you have been asking for the state to come in and do something kind of makes me wonder if you really understand what you've gotten yourself into. I am barely cognizant of what the hell I've gotten myself into. But I'll tell you this, I'm pretty damn sure that asking the state to do anything is pretty much antithetical to everything that I got into Bitcoin for. That's as much of a statement as you're going to get out of me on this whole fucking mess that occurred over the weekend. That said, waking up to the econo- the macroeconomic news today, and I I did see the Chinese thing last night. Uh, I was putting together portions of the show, but because of all the 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 crap that happened over the events that occurred over the weekend, it was really hard to put together a show. This was why this is so damn late. I had to wait till some shit you know people stopped talking about it, so they would start talking about other things. So that I could go ahead and wrap this, you know, get this in, into a wrapper. So I did know about the Chinese, the China thing, but watching the watching the bloodbath occur this morning in the markets was, you know, again, buy Bitcoin. There's kind of a that's kind of a, a way out. Anyway, try your level best to keep your shit together during the week. It's gonna suck. It's just gonna suck. Okay. Try to do, tell yourself stupid jokes. Better yet, go find stupid jokes and send them to me. I'm running out of material here, people. Um, do, your, do whatever you can to keep a smile on your face. It's going to be very important. Okay, it's always important, but this week especially, and probably in the next few weeks to come, uh, do everything you can, everything you can to keep a smile on your face. And no, I forgot to do the whole how I cooked the spatchcocked chicken. And I'm probably going to forget on Wednesday. So if it goes away, I'm sorry. Uh, hit me up on Twitter and remind me uh, I'm on Twitter at B-E-N-N-D-7-7. That is at B-E-N-N-D-7-7. Uh, hit me up, remind me uh, to do it uh, because it Man, it was a thing of beauty. God, I had no idea it was going to come out as good as it did. And I'm definitely going to be cooking chicken that way in the summer pretty much from now on so I don't heat up the house with a baked chicken. Anyway, with that, I'll see you on the other side of the chicken. This has been Bitcoin And, and I'm your host, David Bennett. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and hope to see you again real soon. Have a great day.